Hey. Matt Pullen, what's going on? What is up? <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you doing? Oh, uh, can't complain. All right. Welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. Um, I know you're a big coffee fan. I am. You you love a good coffee shop. I do. <laughs> what's your what's your go-to coffee order these days? I just get a black drip coffee. Yeah. Uh, Simple just... but classic. <laughs> if I want to go crazy, I will go for an oat milk latte, but that's really stepping it up. <laughs> wow. Fancy. Yeah. So, but yeah, I love love coffee at home. It's actually been a highlight during all of this quarantine. It's just waking up, having my cup of coffee. <laughs> now, can you do any of the latte art? No. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe someday, but. When I was working at Starbucks, they tried to teach me, and uh -huh. I... I could never figure it out. Yeah, I'm always impressed by that, but it looks pretty. It looks pretty. I can't create it myself. <laughs> All right, so just to get started, if you want to introduce yourself, um, spoiler alert, she's not playing anymore. She's coaching. <laughs> um, but say just what position you were when you were a player. Uh, sure. So I played huh, – that's a good question. I was, I was kind of a box-to-box -box midfielder, I would say, if I chose it uh, – I was kind of put all over the place. In the pros, I played center mid. Um, I had stints out wide, but mostly a six or an eight. Yeah, and your name is Maddie Evans, for those who don't know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you have two things I thought you just said what position. <laughs> My name is Maddie Evans. I'm from the Philadelphia area, Glenside, Pennsylvania. Um, I currently live in Westchester University, or Westchester, Pennsylvania. It's about 35 minutes outside of um, Philadelphia, and I'm the assistant women's soccer coach at at the university here. Um, and entering your third year with the program, right? My goodness, uh, it'll be my fourth actually. Fourth, fourth yeah. not. So I, I, when I retired, I got in the car and drove from Orlando to Westchester, and then I was coaching the next day. So, which I heard is just a great little drive. Oh yeah, just pretty short. Just, just hop <laughs> on up from as, Orlando. Uh, the Chicago drive. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. All right. So obviously you, you grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh, talk a little bit about youth soccer for you. Uh, what did that look like? What was your goals at that time with playing soccer? Was it just for fun? That type of thing? Sure. So um, I kind of tried a bunch of different sports growing up, but soccer was what stuck. Um, I played with the, a boys team uh, in Ardsley North Hills um, when I was really young. And then once the speed and size became um, a factor as I also saw at Bridges, um, moved to a girl's side um, and played for FC Bucks Vipers, which was a fantastic experience for me. We were youth um, national champions my going into my freshman year of college, so that was pretty cool. Um, I really just played for fun. Um, had I was really fortunate with my club team. We just played quite a bit. Um, and then I did a lot of like ODP stuff. I was in and out of a couple of youth national team camps. Um, my goal was always to play pro at some point in my life, even when there wasn't really a steady league. But um, that was always a goal and dream of mine is to play pro, play for the national team, try to just get as far as I could possibly could um, from that regard. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, to hear stories of women you, around your age just because the route to professional soccer was so, you know, it was a league was there, a league wasn't there. Um, and so it was, it's interesting because there's not that like 
steady thing of this is the team I want to play for. This is the the league I even want to play for because two years right. later it's called a different league and a team's folded here and other teams open. So I think that's a, an interesting thing to hear about from your perspective. Exactly. I think that that's so true. I mean, we had the, the WUSA, Philadelphia had a team. There's no Philadelphia team now. So you're so right. I think that it was always a dream, but it wasn't very clearly defined for, for, for us because it was so uncertain. But I think that that, um, it just makes the achieving that goal now and kind of seeing what's in place now, just so much cooler, I think. Yeah. And being a part of kind of growing what U S soccer is today for the women's league, you played a part right. in that I as mean, well. Each, <laughs> each year it's really, in, uh, obviously a lot of work still to go to, to do, but mm -hmm. each year to see that improvement and also just to have a league that's been around for how many years now. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you were, uh, I'd say, a four-star athlete in high school. We had track, <laughs> cross-country, soccer, and lacrosse. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, when you're younger, you can play multiple sports, but still, even in high school, to be that involved in different sports and excel at soccer. Uh, did any of those other sports, did you consider at all doing those in college, or was it soccer was the one? Soccer, I was pretty obsessed with soccer uh, when I was a kid, just all, everything was for soccer. And I, I kind of viewed the track and cross country as a, as a means to better my soccer and use that for, as part of my training. Um, but I did find some success with it. Um, and I found actually, since I stopped playing, I've gone back to the running and gotten kind of competitive with that, which has been cool. Um, and then lacrosse is kind of funny because my high school just had a really really good lacrosse team and an awesome lacrosse coach and i saw it and i just wanted to be a part of it and switch things up and um it was a it was so much fun and instead of going from like soccer practice to soccer practice i was going from lacrosse practice to soccer practice and um we were competitive it was a great group of girls um and i i think it only taking um being a part of those teams only helped me in the long run i think with the soccer so i encourage yeah even young players now to expose yourself to other sports and get involved. And it's, I mean, for me, it was awesome. Yeah. I think there's so many uh, young players that stick with like the same club, the same, mainly the same group of players, the same couple coaches and playing different sports, getting different coaches, different teams. I feel like you learn so much about yourself as a player, not mm -hmm. even, you know, specific to the sport, but just in general, that is highly beneficial. Um, I, I have seen you get into the running. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of sick. <laughs> Why after you retire, you should stop running. Don't, don't keep yeah, going. And now you're out here like running track races legitimately. <laughs> I know. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> right, to each their own. Um, I, so then, yeah. so then you, you decide to go to Penn state. Uh, talk me through that process. How did you get recruited there? Were you looking at a lot of schools? Yeah, I, I um, was really fortunate, like I said, to play on a good club team. So we had some pretty big exposure to college coaches. And I know the process has changed quite a bit being on the other side of it now. But um, yeah, I was recruited by quite a few schools and narrowed it down. Um, growing up, it's kind of funny. I always said that UVA was my dream school. Don't ask me why, really, but um, it was. And then I always said, growing up as well. I was like, there's no way I'm going to Penn State University. Everyone I know goes to Penn State University, blah, blah, blah. And then I went on a visit there and it was like, 
game changer. Uh, so and then you saw why everyone went to Penn State. <laughs> then I saw I saw the light, uh, and now I'm totally that person with the Penn State, uh, you know, bumper sticker and all that. So I, I'm fully on board. But uh, it was a I committed early in my junior year, I believe. Um, pretty early at the time. Now it'd be considered I don't know, but um, so so. Um, stressful but exciting process um, and it just kind of fit everything that I was looking for in that in in a college experience from the coaches from the teams from the culture um, and to this day I'm so proud and I, I feel like um, that was the best decision I ever made so big uh big props to Penn State then if that's if that's yeah big like. fan they, they do it right and it's a it's a big picture mindset. It's not just soccer. It's, uh, I mean, developing the whole person. And I, I think that that's what it's all about. And they did such a good job of that. And I credit um, a lot of my success as a player to, to what I learned there. Yeah. So you come in uh, freshman year. Uh, what's that like? You know, you are now bottom of the totem pole, so to speak. Uh, it's a it's a good program and you're coming in as a freshman trying to prove yourself uh, is that difficult at first yes I think freshman year was everything is there's such a big build-up to it you're so excited I prepared as best as I could but you can never really prepare yourself 100% I mean um, I remember being really nervous I was part of a really welcoming group there was a really large senior class at the time that um, they were awesome I think the the biggest thing for me was just finding um, a routine and finding a comfort level of, okay, this is going to be hard and it's going to be hard every day and just embracing the challenges um, instead of kind of fighting against them. So I think once I really did embrace more of a growth mindset, I was able to, to get more out of that whole experience. So freshman year was tough. I saw a good amount of playing time. I started quite a bit, but by the end, it kind of tapered out. Actually, I started out stronger and then tapered a little bit. Um, so I think for me, it was a big learning process. And my advice now on the coaching side of it is you kind of have to, you really have to persevere through through some difficult things in order to, I mean, here, I sit here today and say it was the best decision ever that I made going there. But of course you go through some ups and downs throughout any process. So, mm -hmm. um, but I, I, even as a freshman, I was like, so just excited to be there um, and overwhelmed, I think, by how much was to offer. How did you uh, get that growth mindset? Was that just completely on your own? Did you, you know, what, what was the reasoning that led you to that? That's a good question. I, I think, um, you know, I've always, had and I'm, you can relate to this you always just want to you want to be better you want to be a better player and you just want to keep improving um and i think once i started to kind of let the resources in around me whether it be the team sports psychologists or, or really listening to my coaches um and kind of seeing the bigger picture of like the four-year experience um i think that really helped me so Definitely, that's a good question. I'd like to kind of think about it a little bit more too. Yeah. Um, guess, we're, guess we're gonna have to do another interview later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, obviously, okay, freshman year, it starts to taper out at the end of the year. Um, you go into your first off season. Um, what what then are your goals going forward? What does the next couple of years and that trajectory look like for you? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, you kind of get your first year under your belt, and then it's almost it's gone like that, and then it's so okay, fast, especially a fall sport. It's a so fall sport. Yeah, your season's over, and all of a sudden you're a quarter of your way finished your college experience, which is crazy. So I think I went away that summer really motivated to develop, and I knew that I needed to surround to surround myself by. Uh, put myself in a new system, put myself um, around players who were going to challenge me, make me better. Um, so I actually went to um, like a W League team at the time in New York and played with, there were actually three of my other Penn State teammates there as well. Um, and it was just, I mean, we trained like twice a day. We lived in an area where we had all resources available to us. Um, so I just kind of went all out that summer and made it a point to come back and, and be better. So, yeah. And, since I've known you, uh, being motivated to train has never been an issue for you. Uh, sometimes it can be a little annoying how happy you are to be trading and uh, motivated. But I think that's, you know, a big, a big reason why you had the success you had. Um, was that from young years? Were you always that just driven and enjoying the process, so to speak? You know, even now I look back to playing pro and everything. I think the thing that I miss the most is training, is going out there with a team and team goals, individual goals, and just getting after it and trying to get a job done. So, um, yeah, I've always loved practice. I think I would, if I was the player who, like, if it was thunderstorming and practice got canceled, I was so mad. Um, I just, I just loved playing. I loved training. Um, and like I said, even now, I think if, if I look back, that's what I miss the most. And just, especially being a part of a team while you're doing that, um, who's kind of on a mission to, com- to complete something or achieve something, training is definitely it. And I think for me, um, the off seasons were such an important time to just personally get better. And I found okay, if I put an hour in every day at this, then I'm going to see results. So I think I was addicted to the results side of it and see, okay, I can get better with my left foot. I can do this. I can do that. Um, so I think that that was really addicting to me. Yeah. Uh, so by senior year, they name you captain. Um, so clearly not just your on-field ability, but also your leadership has grown um, into that role. You guys have a lot of success. Um, what is that like being the captain of such a successful college season? Um, and also at what point in the college career did professional soccer, not just be a dream, but actually look like it could be a reality? Yeah, it was, it was an honor to be named captain for sure. I mean, we had some really great leaders on that, um, team, my senior year across the board from freshman all the way, all the way up to my class. So definitely an honor and a responsibility. I think, um, there's a lot of, um, stock put into wearing that armband but at any given day i could say that many players on that team were were really fantastic leaders and helped us with our success and um i think it it was actually during my senior year where i was like you know what i want to go pro um and i actually changed around my whole academic schedule i was supposed to student teach in philly as an education major that spring um changed it completely around to major in english so i could get a degree um, and entered the draft. And um, while it had always been a dream of mine to play pro, I think with the new league out, it was just like, you know what, if, if I don't go for it right now, then I would kick myself pretty hard. Um, so I went for it and draft day came and it was just, the, it was so much fun. So I think 
Um, that senior season though, um, with Penn State was just such a kind of cherry on top of the whole college experience because um, it was a, we had, we, we had some really challenging um, times as a team and, and we, we persevered and ended up, yeah, we lost in the national championship game, but we played as many games as we could. We went to all the way pretty much. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring up that. Yeah. Game, <laughs> it's okay. So. It's, it's, it's like sweet that we got there. And I think um, one thing to answer your other question is, is uh, in, in between my summers, between my sophomore and junior and my junior and senior year, I trained with the Boston Breakers pro team at the time. And um, that environment was incredible. I mean, it was with, I think, one of, some of the best players I've ever played with um, under, and I was just a practice player. And I was just trying to stay afloat. I mean, these training sessions were, <laughs> it was, they were so hard but they made me so much better and it made me realize, okay, I want to go for this. I want to try to be a part of this. So. Yeah. So then you end up getting drafted by Boston. Yes. Uh, did you have any idea that they were considering you? Obviously you'd been training with them in the summer, but did you have an idea they would be drafting you? I was hoping I didn't really know. Um, and it kind of, obviously it had some familiarity just from being at their training sessions. I'd go to their games um, so I, I thought if, if my best chance was with Boston for sure. Um, and I just loved the city and I loved the people. So I was kind of hoping it went that way. So I was very, very happy that it, that it did end up that, that uh, up that route. Yeah. And nice. It's fairly close to home still easier to catch games than some other places. For yeah. The family. Not, not too bad. It's, uh, it was, it was great. And I, I just love the city itself. So, so then, uh, it's, for, I think a kind of interesting route after getting drafted to when you finally sign your contract with Boston. Um, mm -hmm. What's it like when you finally sign your contract, when you put pen to paper that you are a professional athlete now? Yeah, I think one of the biggest misconceptions with the draft is you think, oh, I'm drafted. I've made it. I'm pro. And that's not always the case. It's more of like an invite to preseason for men, for many people. So I think I went through that. Um, when I finally got to sign the contract, it was, it was actually pretty emotional. Cause I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. It's a dream realized something that I've always wanted. Um, so putting pen to paper there was um, really special at the time I was living with a host family and they, they were there with me. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I think that that's, it was a uh, really exciting, but also motivating to really earn it and continue to, keep that a reality because the next day it could be gone. So I think it was, um, it was definitely motivating as well. Yeah. How's that first year in professional soccer? You go from so much success in the collegiate level the year before, but again, kind of like freshman year, you're starting bottom of the totem pole again. Yeah, that was. And, and the thing is for me, that's when the growth mindset really became important because you're surrounded by better players. Um, you're surrounded by players that, um, are going to make your, you better if you allow it. And I, I don't think I ever would have gotten the contract if I had went in and, and, and not really had that mindset of, okay, get better every day and allow the players around me to, to make me better. So I was challenged. Um, and I, I had my pro de debut as an outside back and I, I am not an outside back by, by any means. Um, but at that time you're just thankful for a minute, for a minute here, for a minute there. But, um, 
My, How did it go? It, was, it oh, I, I played, I played well. Um, we, it, I went in late in the second, or a couple minutes into a second half, and we were, we were being beaten pretty bad. But um, it was exciting. It was actually at Sky Blue, so I had family there, um, which was really cool to have my my parents in the stands for my first pro pro game and and all that. So. They probably see like the outside back getting subbed out and they're like, oh wow, coach is going to a three back, super aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is Maddie doing there? Right back, which was interesting. But uh, yeah, actually in Boston, I did, I kind of was moved all over the place. Um, definitely a utility player at times, played outside back, played the nine a couple of times just to press, press, the, press the center backs. Obviously center mid quite a bit, but outside as well. What What's that like playing you know, so many different positions. I think obviously um, there's a positive and a negative to it. There's a positive, you're on the field. They view you as a utility player that they can put in many different roles, uh, which means you have just a certain level of soccer IQ and technical ability to fit multiple positions. Um, but I think it can be frustrating at times too, because you don't really have a home on the field. And so when you're thinking about what to train, oh, am I working on receiving passes with a line on my back or am I receiving with a defender on my back that I need to turn out of? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. And I think some of my frustrations as I, into my first, second and third year in Boston were finding that home, um, especially that first year where you kind of balance this, okay, I'm just thankful for time. Um, and I just want to get on the field no matter what. And then, okay, now that I have that, how can I, win a certain spot and be that player that the coach goes to for a specific position. Um, so yeah, you kind of had to train the whole player to make sure that you were just ready for, for whatever it is. And um, eventually I, I found a home in, in the center, center of the field, but um, it did take quite a, quite a while um, and, and certainly frustrating, but I think I learned a lot as a player as well um, as to just different things to look for once I did find my home. Do you have a favorite memory that comes to mind uh, with Boston? Favorite memory that comes to mind with Boston? Um, geez, I would say, um, oh, I got to play again with two former Penn State players, um, Katie Shepherd and then Alyssa Nair in net, who, um, who you know of. Um, and that was really cool to be reunited with them and have three Penn Staters and at some, some time or players that I've played with before to see them again. So that was pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I think kind of unique thing. Uh, some players hope to get drafted once you get drafted technically <laughs> twice. Um, yeah. You get picked up in the expansion draft for Orlando. Um, your first time moving, you know, farther away from home, harder to, to be away from family to a new club that's just figuring out a lot of things as a as a new club entering the league. Um, what are your thoughts about getting drafted there? What did you look forward to? What did you know? What did you think about going to Florida? Yeah, I um, I was actually living in Chicago at the time where when I met where I met you. Um, and Shout out Bridges. Yep, and I was working on my master's at. Um, Concordia University of Chicago and um, they announced the expansion draft was happening and I didn't really think too much into it because it was just you know limited spots and, and all of that 
Um, but it turned out that I was really excited for the opportunity, especially once I saw the roster being formed. And um, I had spent three years in Boston and, and I loved my time in Boston, but um, I think a change was good. And I think you hit on it earlier is just exposing yourself to different environments and atmospheres and coaches and learning. And I was really excited to play for Tom Sermani. Um, so I think for me, it was um, just a, um, it was a shock. First of all, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I'm, I, I thought I was going to be in Boston for my whole career, um, honestly. And then all of a sudden I was packing my bags and head down to Orlando. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and it was such a professional environment as far as just the accommodations, the fields, being affiliated or associated with the men's program as well, definitely lent to that. Um, so it was, while it was kind of a shock, it was, it was exciting and, and motivating for me during an off season to really step it up even more. Yeah. And that's one thing, obviously in conversations with you a lot too, is just how professional the Orlando pride are, um, how well they take care of their women's team. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's incredible. Uh, I think you guys have an, an awesome fan base down there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what's it like now having to learn to play in the swamp that is Orlando in the summertime heat? Oof. I've really struggled with it. Um, I, I, oof. I remember playing in Boston and when we would play, play at Houston and just, I tell people this, like in the 60th minute, I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like I kind of want to be subbed off right now. I'm, I'm, it's so hot. Um, so now to prepare for that in Orlando mentally, I knew that that's what it was, especially training in freezing cold Chicago all, all off season. Um, I knew that I was going to struggle with it. Um, fortunately, fitness has, has uh, been a strength of mine as a player. So I, I kind of used that to my advantage, but um, I would, I worked with our nutritionist extensively to kind of help me figure out what to drink and eat at certain times, because I, I would actually lose an insane amount of weight before now after a training session. So um, managing that was very difficult, but our, our trainings would get earlier. Um, but then our games were like four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so, I mean, just staying hydrated um, and staying healthy was definitely a challenge, but it was a whole nother piece of that being a professional and kind of using the um, resources around you, which was cool. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that like you don't even consider when you go to a new team let alone mm -hmm. like the temperature and all being a factor in how you prepare for a game day to ha be ready for 90 minutes. Absolutely. So true. And that's, I think what I think for me, and I learned it as I progressed as a college player was just like the big picture of being, of treating the game as a professional, like not just showing up and playing, but what are you doing two days prior? What are you doing a day prior? What are you doing leading up to the match? All of these little pieces that if you, if you really tweak and focus on can impact you quite a bit. So um, that was definitely highlighted in Orlando for sure. Absolutely. I, I have a theory that the 90 minutes that a soccer game is um, doesn't determine what wins or loses the game. It's mm -hmm. what you do that week preparing, how the team prepares, how you prepare, how you get mentally ready. And that 90 mm -hmm. minutes is a byproduct of that uh, preparedness. Absolutely. Could be wrong, but that's my theory. <laughs> um, so, coming out. so then you're, uh, you're training in Orlando in the winter times. Uh, we touched on briefly, you're training with Bridges, which is a program in Chicago. Um, a lot of professional players go there in the off season to train. 
um you're training with a bunch of guys what is that like for you what is the because obviously a lot of them are are bigger and stronger so what how does that does that benefit you going back then to the women's league i felt so lucky to have bridges in the off season um i think that i mean playing with a lot of semi-pro pro men um it just made me play fast and especially knowing that everyone was faster than i stronger than i um, I just had to think faster and that's part of my game that I always had to work on. So putting myself in that environment certainly um, challenged me. So I felt um, from a, just being sh sharp, uh, it prepared me that way. Um, and it was every day. It was Monday through Friday um, on in tight corners and, and you just, you couldn't take two touches if, <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was really, really good for me from a fitness standpoint, from a, from just playing quick. Um, and everyone there also was just welcoming and on a mission to better themselves. So I felt like I, I, I kind of hit the jackpot with my off-season training in Chicago. It was awesome. Yeah, I feel like the environment for off-season training, it's like you get to play games every day. It's intense, but everyone or most people are friends. Like it's a great environment. Oh, it was so great. And it was something I looked forward to, to as well. And it was, I mean, I had to drive 45 minutes to an hour each way to get there, but I don't, I, I it was the best thing ever. Absolutely. Uh, so something we've been asking, uh, quote unquote, Bridges players, people that spend off seasons at Bridges <laughs> is their five aside team. Um, and we ask usually that they don't put themselves on. Um, All right. If you want to have yourself on, I will allow it. Since we, <laughs> since we were on the same team so much, you know, you didn't maybe get to know such good players being stuck with people like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I, I thought it was cool. Any given day, you could be teammates with someone different, but I did find yourself kind of um, with some similar faces here and there. So, of course, Matt Poland got to be on my dream team. Bold. Um, I got to say Becca Roller, because she was my only other consistent girl um, mm -hmm. who came, which was pretty cool. Um, Ryan, I loved playing with Ryan Ibarra. Um, just kind of all in, just fun to play with. Um, good for at least one meg on the boards a game. Oh, absolutely. And so <laughs> deceiving. Like, some of the things that he would do was awesome. Um, and then I actually I really enjoyed play, playing with um, Pat McMahon. Mm -hmm. um, I'm saying his last name correctly, I hope, but he just super technical, work rate like crazy. Um, felt like I could connect with it. It was just I, I feel like between you, Ryan, Pat, Becca, and then oh geez, that's four. Um, Tosh, Sean Tosh it was fun. Um, yeah. So many good good players. I mean, that's such a good question. It's fun to kind of think back to those days too. I like that. Yeah, no, I like the Pat McMahon one because at that time too, like he had had a lot of success in his career. And for me mm -hmm. being a younger guy, like some of, the, some of the older guys would be pretty tough. And he was like the nicest guy so ever, fun. never complained. Yeah. And he, he was always cool. And, and I felt oftentimes in those 5v5s, obviously I was giving my all, but I felt a little overwhelmed at times. I was like, I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want these guys to think like, oh, I'm bringing the level down. I never, I felt like a responsibility that I had to really kind of show up every day. Um, and like you said, he was just super welcoming and um, such a good player that it was kind of cool to see someone so successful, so humble and modest, kind of just getting in and just working hard every day, which was cool. 100%. 
Yeah. Uh, then, then you finally decide Bridges isn't good enough for you for the off season, <laughs> um, and you decide to go to some terrible place for the winter, Australia. Uh, you go to Brisbane Roar. Um, yes. What What was that decision? How did you make that decision? What was playing? Because now it's a different league. Um, what was that like? Um, geez. So. I'd finished my master's in, in um, Chicago, so, um, but I did cross my mind just to go back to Chicago for, for the Bridges training, no joke. It was such a good environment. Um, but the, the season before even, I had been trying to get a spot on one of the W League teams. It's, it was the perfect league that kind of ran in the NWSL's off season. So um, Fortunately, I had some good connections because we had a bunch of Australian players on my Orlando team who I became really good friends with um, and worked out a contract with, with Brisbane. And um, it was it was great. I mean, you end up playing a full calendar calendar year of games. So um, it's a little tough on, on the body, I have to say, but um, or at least it was for me. Um, but it was such a fantastic experience. I had awesome teammates, awesome housemates. Um, some good competition. Um, there's only three international spots per team. So it's pretty limited to as far as um, getting those spots. So when I saw the opportunity, I was like, I have to take it. Um, and, and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, we had, a, I had a player last year from Australia and he had a lot of different terminology they would use than American English. Um, do you remember any that stuck out to you as like funny or odd the way um, words they used? My my favorite uh, like slogan. I don't know how many people actually really said it, but was um, something would like throw a spanner in the works. They'd say like if something like threw something off, they'd be like, oh, that really throws a spanner in the works. So that I thought was hysterical. Um, just kind of like your typical, like I'd say I was been like grilled chicken. It was barbecue, you know, um, the coffee scene there was awesome. So that was kind of a big thing. But yeah, some really funny just little slogans and things that they say. Now, thinking back to it, it just came across my mind. I think I remember you posted one time about some just huge spider that was like trying to crawl into your guys' <laughs> house. <laughs> Yes, the spiders were crazy. Um, I was in Brisbane, um, so I don't know. Yeah, there were some, re like, I'm talking, like, big, big spiders. Um, certainly nothing that I see here, so that was an adjustment, especially when you see it in the house. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thank you. Um, so you go, you go back to Orlando for your second season there, um, and you decide... I believe it was August 17th was your final game. Mm -hmm. um, what, how did that season go before that? What led to the decision of retiring? How difficult was that decision? Oh, um, very difficult decision. Um, obviously, you play all your life and then it's like, wait, I'm really going to step away from something that I love so much. Um, I'm in a fantastic atmosphere. The season was going really well. We were, we were winning. Um, I was kind of going in and out that year between, between starting, not starting, playing time, pl not playing time. So from that standpoint, it was challenging. Um, I had been contemplating throughout the whole year of just retiring at the end of the season anyway. Um, 
because I have done five, had done five years long distance with my now husband, a lot of different factors, mm -hmm. um, of course, but um, the job came, um, was listed for Westchester University. My husband works in Westchester. Um, it was almost like too perfect. Yeah. Um, and I jumped on it and I talked to all the people closest to me, my, my best friends, my um, family, had a lot of conversations. Um, and then of course I started and played 90 minutes and played two really good games. Like right before I, I right, right after I had made my decision. So that made it even harder. I was like, Oh man, I'm loving this. Um, but it turned out to be the right, right call. If anything, the only thing that would have been, um, better was if I could have timed it to be the end of the season. Um, but those decisions are never easy, but looking at from where I am now from since when I retired, I think it was a, it was a good call. Yeah, the the first, I I don't know exactly because obviously my retirement went differently, um, being mm -hmm. that I was kind of forced out. But I would imagine, you know, you have the the season you just were playing in Australia, then you're playing in the U.S. You've you've been going, 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 um, then you jump right into the fall season for the college, um, and then it gets to preseason time the next spring, and for the first time in as many years as you can remember, you're not involved in that. I would imagine that to me would probably be the hardest time to, to retire or like the, the mental process of finally accepting like you're not a player anymore. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was kind of on this big high from retiring. It was like such a, a great last game um, and everything, everything was going great really. Um, and then I got to Westchester and started the preseason like literally the day after I got there, I was exhausted. Um, but the team that I came into and the group of girls that I, that I was coaching was so awesome and welcoming um, and still are. And it's a really special program that I, it kind of made that transition obviously a little easier. So I was still involved with soccer um, and people who players who love playing the game. So that certainly helped, but mentally I can't lie. Those first probably two, three, four, months probably those first six months that um so that whole first season um was really difficult for me and kind of second guessing things but not really because i knew it was the right call but so many things going through my head um but i ultimately i i think that um you're you're right once that preseason comes around you see people gearing up for that season you're like oh man i could i could be there or i walked away from that and you second guess it but like i said um I still think it was the right call and I'm so happy with where I am. Um, and, and I wouldn't be where I am with all, without all of that. So. Yeah. What's been the, the biggest surprise uh, entering the coaching world? Because I think as a player, you think things work a certain way. Um, <laughs> at least for me, when you get to the coaching side, you realize that a lot of the decisions um, are not made the same way that maybe you thought they were as a player. Yeah. I think as a player, it's easy to think like, oh, they're, the coach is doing this because of that or this or that um, and think maybe you know all the answers. And then now I'm on the coaching side of it and there are a lot of decisions that go into, you know, lineups. There are things that go into um, planning a session that you just didn't really think of too much as a, as a player. Um, so I think that that has been surprising. Um, I find myself like just wanting to play still like in the middle of the game, like, Oh, I want to just throw on my boots and jump in. Um, but uh, I think to just kind of help,
helping my players realize that what they're doing every day is something so special and so so unique and that's something that doesn't last forever as corny as that sounds that um just trying to ex help help them see that side of things is definitely part of it do you ever jump into any training sessions put the boots uh, on i try <laughs> i here and there i do uh it's just it's just not the same <laughs> yeah it's not it's not the same and your body feels it more the next day <laughs> yeah it's a little a little different but um it's it's neat um i think regardless of what level you coach what age you coach like anything you know the common common ground is playing the game and you're trying to learn the game and get better at the game so i've found a lot of fun in that and i'm fortunate to work with an awesome group um go go rams have you have you ever had the experience uh because for me it's like when you're coaching you you have to be a student in the game mm -hmm. um sometimes playing there's so many other things you have to worry about with just getting your body ready and all of that that yes you learn but it's not the same amount that you learn as a coach and then it's like man if i knew this when i was a player i would have been such a better player oh my goodness it's so true it's so true um i completely agree and you're like wow i wish i kind of thought about this or that and and now you're like dang it's a little late but <laughs> one one comeback season yeah right if, if philly could made a team you bet i'd be there <laughs> i'll i'll call him up and see all right um so so obviously you you move on you're you're coaching now was coaching something that you had dreamed about doing at a younger age when you were done playing or how how did coaching become your passion um honestly it was never really like a goal of mine to be a coach um though I, for for a long time i wanted to be an educator i wanted to teach um i'm also an adjunct at, at westchester university so i teach two classes i'm really passionate about leadership and leadership development so i do some of that as well um so i think it was kind of it all feeds each other so i think the best coaches are teachers um who are actually teaching the game and not just uh telling people what to do so i think it definitely complements each other and the more i learn um from the teaching side the better coach i hope to become and the more i learn from the coaching side better teacher i hope to become so um but i have found that i love it i really do love coaching um and i love coaching the college game in that you yeah your team changes a little each year but you move up with these players and you start with some of them as freshmen and going into this season, um, my fourth year, I'll have my first class of players that I did like a whole four years with. Wow. So that is kind of special to me as far as like, yeah, I joke, I say, okay, I'm a senior on the team now in that I've been with a full class through a full cycle and I didn't recruit them by any means, but um, I think that has been a fun part of it for me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I think coaching is exactly that it's teaching it's just on the field instead of in the classroom mm -hmm. so couldn't agree more with that um now you are uh i don't know if you refer to it but quote unquote dog mom um got a got a dog you really really enjoy <laughs> we see it on see it on social media a lot so yeah just, sorry just just no, no that's fine I'm, but I'm just giving you a space just briefly to talk about Otto the dog and share a little <laughs> bit about him. You know, when I retired, it was this like this set in my mind, I'm getting a dog. 
So, and it was actually kind of when I was going through that, like struggling a little bit with everything and I got, we got Otto and um, yeah, I'm slightly obsessed with him and I post way too many photos shamelessly, but uh, uh, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to throw up a photo of him on it. So <laughs> we can all appreciate his, uh, his great face in the photos. <laughs> um, now now you've you know you had a a long professional career five years is a long time uh now you've been as you just said you know your fourth year of coaching so you have had a lot of time playing now quite a few years coaching um looking back if you could go back to 15 year old self what would be the the biggest advice you would give yourself um i would say and probably the coach and me talking, I think I would, I would say watch more soccer. Um, especially with just now how, how much soccer there is to watch um, and how much there's to learn from it. I don't think I, I was always setting these goals for myself as a player um, and trying to, to better myself, but I, it was always, everything was always with the ball and that, and which was great, but I think there's so much more from the mental side, from the um, soccer IQ side to just to, to learn and, and better yourself from a more well-rounded standpoint. So I think that watch the game more, do some more um, mental strength training, um, some, some more focus on maybe some sports psychology stuff um, and just build that side of the game as well. So like I said, I think I focus so much on just spending time with the ball, which is great, but expand that a little bit more. Yeah, one fear I have with, cause I agree, I think a lot of players don't watch enough soccer. But mm -hmm. I think uh, a fear for me, at least that I've seen in the off seasons um, in Florida, I coach a high school team mm -hmm. and, you know, I tell them to watch soccer and then sometimes give them homework to watch them. And then mm -hmm. I ask them what they watch and it's like, name our highlights. And, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, especially the younger generation, everything is like, they just want the highlight of something. And so they watch these like one in a million tricks. And then they think that's what they need to do every time, not even realizing that Neymar doesn't even do that the majority of the time when he receives right. the ball. Um, and so I think that though uh, can be a dangerous thing. I don't know the the way around it because obviously watching soccer is better than not watching it. But mm -hmm. you know the the good defensive movement and the tackle isn't as beautiful as you know the bicycle kick. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know how to solve that. I don't know what my point is with that. Just an observation. No, I, I completely agree. And I think if you watch with a critical eye, I think is the biggest thing is, okay, if I'm a six, what what is the holding midfielder doing? How are they checking their shoulders? All, just kind of focusing in on maybe one or two things that if you watch a big game, you might not really see. But if you watch more critically, um, but again, things that I definitely didn't do as a player, but I, if I had to give myself some advice, it would certainly be that. I think, I think they made a movie with, uh, Zidane where they had camp, like all these different cameras just filming him. And so the whole game is just his movements, which wow. if they had that for every position, how incredible would that be? Right. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, so we were talking earlier, you know, you growing up and women's soccer was, uh, professional women's soccer was kind of up and down leagues were coming and going um now you you had five years the league is growing it's stronger now you're in the coaching ranks um what do you think the biggest factors are that has allowed women's soccer its continuing growth i think it's players in the game who are committed 
who who are committed to growing the leagues and committing uh obviously you see tons of young players playing um but you see a lot of take the women's professional league right now for example and look at any given roster you'll see a lot of i guess what you would call me when i played was a league player or you're you're not on national team you're not um an international player you are just you're 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 on the team Mm -hmm. um and players like that who kind of make up the the meat of, of of a given team but also are part of part of growing that league and staying with it so um and i think a lot of fans and people who are invested in wanting to see just women's sports in general grow so um and also just exposing yourself to it. I know my dad is a great example. He he was always um, he was always surrounded by good men's soccer growing up, and now he's this huge women's soccer fan. Yeah, because he had to come and watch me play for hours on end. But to recognize the value in the sport um, from from our side is 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 part of it as well. So, um, but a lot of people who are just committed to to really you know playing on a very limited contract to for the love of the game um as cliched as that is but really that's what it is and and doing it so 10 years from now the players who go pro are in a better environment um and hopefully continue to see it grow because it has grown so much and the opportunity that we do have now is is huge um you can't look past that absolutely yeah and i think you know that's something that um i have a lot of respect for players like you is you know, obviously, if you're a national team player, the salaries are much higher um, and the sponsorship and that type of thing. So it's an easier decision to continue to play in the league. If you're just a league player, especially now, what, 2013, so seven years ago, that's a lot harder to stay in the league and continue to play when the salaries and contracts aren't so good. At the mm-hmm. same time, important that players like you kind of paved the way, um, laid the foundation so that it continues every year, hopefully to improve salary wise and environment wise of, you know, same, same stadiums and everything as the men's game. So I, I respect that a lot. Thanks. So, and it's fun. So, <laughs> and it's fun to see it grow as well. Yeah. Um, a question I like to ask people is what is your, or was, I guess more so, but what was your why? For playing soccer, what what was at the heart of that fuel and passion to go all those years? I I just loved it. Like I I found um, at the end of a given training session, at the end of a given game, I just felt so um, refreshed, and I just felt like, kind of like I tapped into earlier. I kind of I just always wanted to get better, um, and so I think the opportunities that we was given it was it was so hard to walk away from because i just i just loved playing so much um whether it be um a 5v5 at training or playing in front of fifteen thousand fans um i just i really just found a, a lot of joy from the game and that isn't necessarily replicated in in coaching per se but actually just playing and um being creative with friends and being creative with teammates um trying to to win i'm very competitive um, so I think that that was a big why as well. Um, and just competitive with myself, probably more than anything, um, trying to, 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 to see how far I could take things. Very cool. Very cool. Um, have you been out longboarding at all during this time? 
I have been out longboarding quite a bit. It's it's been a nice escape. <laughs> I think those are those are my favorite videos is the longboarding <laughs> like with the sunset in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's uh not as many great places around where I live now as like say Orlando or Australia, but um definitely can find them if I look. Um <laughs> talking about you know, you, you got a lot of joy from playing um, and obviously coaching is, is different and there's other enjoyment and rewards that come from coaching that you don't get as playing, but it's still not the same joy, I'm sure. Um, have you found anything else to fill that void in a sense or what, what have you done to kind of, you know, find that? Um, so I think that's where the crazy runner in me comes out a little bit. I think when I did retire, um, I was a little bit lost as far as like when you're playing, you get up, you get ready to train, you go train. Um, and then you might lift later in the day, you go through that cycle. And I think once that stopped, especially so abruptly, I was a little lost as far as like, Oh, do I go out on a jog? Do I go, there was just something missing. So eventually I found a really cool running group here in Westchester, um, kind of out of the, um, Westchester running store here and I have found a fantastic group of men and women that I run with um, and that competitive side of me I've been um, training and racing for a little while um, to I've been I race a mile so I think for me it's um, doing those track workouts getting in a routine of okay this week I have to do this this and this um, hold myself accountable with diet hydrate all that stuff so I could kind of take some of that out of what I learned as a soccer player and now I take it to running. So um, that's his, that has been it for me. <laughs> and runners usually have a later career when they hit their, their peak. So, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe a professional runner at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun and I have some good people around me. So, and it hurts, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that doesn't sound like fun to me at all, but I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> at least I was always like if I'm done um I was like oh I'd get into triathlon because at least that's okay. not because I just get bored with just the running but right. I uh, I swam in high school and everything so it's like okay. that that adds a little bit to it but there you go switch it up a little bit the knee can handle the swimming not really the running <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so maybe I'll just have to be a swimmer now or something there you go <laughs> all right well I appreciate you taking time to share your story um I, again, I just have the most respect for you as a player. Um, I enjoyed getting to train with you. Um, positive attitude every day and worked hard. You were one of my favorite training partners. So it was definitely sad when you stopped coming to Bridges just because uh, you don't find a lot of professional athletes that are so positive, so willing to work hard and don't complain about things. So <laughs> very, very proud of your career and excited to see you now coaching and sharing your love of the game to the next generation. Thanks, Matt. And thanks for doing this. And I could say the same back to you as far as training. So, um, don't, don't lie. really fun to no fun to follow your career now on the coaching side. And I think, um, players you get to play for you are, are damn lucky. So I tell um, them that every day. So <laughs> great to catch up. And uh, thanks for interviewing so many cool people. It's been fun. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye.